0: Get up off that thing and dance till you feel better. Sometimes you just got to cut a rug, don't you, And yes. the Lord. So we just, uh, uh, we're tying tying our, uh, tying our series of lessons together. Last week, we started Gather, Grow, and Go. We talked about gathering together last week. This week, we're going to talk about growing, growing together, growing up in the Lord. Uh, last week, we, we discovered how, how you got to hit on the one, if you're going to groove in kat- kat- uh, 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 cadence, that's the word I'm looking for. If you're going to groove in cadence, you got to hit on the one. If you're going to groove like James Brown, he wanted you to hit on the one. There you go, Howard. Howard's busting a move. That was the one right there, everyone. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's why we get together during the week. First, first day of the week, we hit on the one, and we gather together so that we can hear the heartbeat of the Lord. And as we go. Style throughout the week, and do everything that we need to do for our own lives. We can still walk according to His heartbeat and according or according to His cadence. So, uh, hopefully, everyone's doing all right this morning. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Uh, let me let you all know something. I I am very very grateful for each and every one of you, and uh, what you mean to my life and what you've done for me. Some of you say I haven't even met you yet. Well, guess what? I'm still grateful for you. Uh, I'm grateful for. Uh, being able to meet you whenever we get a chance to. Uh, but, but I want you to know that you're appreciated today, that you're loved, and uh, um, I pray for you guys often, often. Um, you're going to have to bear with me. There's been a little bit of a technical difficulty of sending my, my PowerPoint slides didn't send properly. So I don't have PowerPoint slides. Are we still going to be able to have church? How did the Apostle Paul operate without PowerPoint, right? What did Spurgeon do and Smith Wigglesworth do whenever they didn't have their... So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. Y'all get to pay attention to me today and listen. (laughs) Don't bail on me, Coltrane. Don't bail on me. You worried about that, Michael? Thank you. Well, that's what, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if anyone's going to do it, I would do it. Today, we're going to talk about growth. We're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 5. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, or if you have it all committed to memory, I want to get your autograph. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 5, starting with verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses, everyone say senses, those by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your life that you provide through your word and that that word and that life became life in human form. That the word became flesh in Christ Jesus. So that allow the Christ who is alive and well in us to bear witness to this word today. Help us to grow together. Help us to experience you in a greater way. And We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So uh, starting with last week, this week, and then next week, we're talking about our basic philosophy here at Gathering Church of how, how we do church. Uh, what, is, what is our mindset when it comes to church? And it's simple. Uh, first of all, we have one vision, and that is to know him and to make him known. That's, that's the, everything that we do. We're not just coming here just for the sake of having something to do on Sunday morning. Uh, we don't do all the things that we do just for the sake of doing it. Oh, well, we're a church. We're supposed to do it. No, we've got, we've got one vision, one purpose, and that's to know Christ and to make him known. I want to know him more than ever. But everything I experience in Him, I want to be able to share. And then we have a simple methodology, and we call it gather, grow, go. We want to gather together. We want to grow, and but we don't want to just keep it here. We don't want to just come together just for the sake of us growing. We want to go. We want to take everything that the Lord is doing for us and this incredible gospel and this incredible anointing and, and presence that we encounter. We want to go. We want to take it out uh, into the marketplace, into our homes, into our schools, into our, our jobs, wherever, wherever the Lord sends you, we want to be able to take it. So, so that's what we're talking about. This week, we're talking about growth. Now, by growth, I want to explain something, uh, and this, this may get me in a lot of trouble, and, and this may get me fired, I don't know. It is very low priority in my mind for numerical growth. Woo! Anyone, anyone about to hit me on that? When it comes to church, one of the last things I am concerned with is numerical growth. Everyone following me? In other words, how many people can we get in here? I'm not sure when it happened in the American church that we got this mindset that if you don't have a lot of people, you're not being successful in ministry. You know. Something about America says, bigger is better. Now, I am not going off on big churches. Praise God for big churches. The Lord may grow this church to be a big church. We have no clue what the Lord has in, in, in store. But really what we need to be worried about as a church is finding out what he wants from us. And just simply doing that. And then as we are obedient, the Lord, the Lord will give the increase. So well, we need to have some outreaches. Well, we need to do the outreaches that he tells us to do. Amen. Well, you know, this church over here, man, they, they scooped up 400 new members when they went and did this. Awesome. Hopefully, that's what the Lord told them to do. If the Lord's not telling us to do it, I don't want to do it. So when I'm talking about growth today, I'm not talking about numerical growth. Now, I understand every human that is in here is a soul, and that's important. And yeah, I don't think that we should stagnate in the Lord. I don't think we should stop moving. I don't think that we should stop being prosperous. I'm just saying that rather than being consumed with trying to figure out how to market us, let's be consumed with just promoting him. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That makes sense? Yeah. <laughs> so... When I'm talking about growth, I'm talking about I want you to grow. I want to grow. When we gather together, we just don't gather together to listen to music and to hear somebody preach. We want to gather together so that we can grow together. I need to grow up in him. I don't need to be a babe in him. I need to mature. I need to become everything that he has created me to become. And that is a growth process. You know? As much as you sit there and say, oh, I can't believe my little baby's growing up. Those of you who had kids, you know, and all of a sudden they they get out of elementary school and they get into junior high, oh, they're getting into junior high, and then they get into high school, oh, they're getting into high school. No, you want them to grow. You want them eating off of you all, like, for the rest of their life? (laughs) Raiding your fridge? You know? And then you complain, say, I can't believe my kid. I just bought a whole thing of clothes for them, and it's Christmas time. And they've already outgrew the clothes I bought them at the beginning of the school year. Well, what? You want them to stay short the rest of your life? Come on. You want growth. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> 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 no offense, Jason. <laughs> All things relative. <laughs> short people got. No, I'm sorry a reason God loves those short people see I brought it around so what Paul is saying he's talking about growth he said you know he said by this time you guys should have been teachers but you're still having to be taught by this time you should have been able to eat some meat but I'm still having to feed you milk and he said and if all you're doing is drinking milk then you're still a babe right we need to be carnivorous in the body of God Sorry to any vegetarians who are here. <laughs> but in the kingdom, you're allowed to be... <laughs> <laughs> you got an amen back there. But in the kingdom, you're allowed to eat some meat spiritually. In other words, you're allowed to, to chew on some weightier stuff, some denser things in your life. So... How do we do that? How are we able to transition from being babes, drinking milk, to to grown Christians that are able to digest meat and take on meat? Well, Paul gives us a little bit of a clue here. He says, says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. If you're going to eat solid food, that means that you have matured. That means that you've reached a point that you you can actually digest some things. He says... Those by, those by reason of have, having their senses exercised. Yeah. Senses exercised. Now, in the natural, we have how many senses? Five, right? What are they? We've got touch, taste, taste. Yeah. Smell. smell, hearing, hearing. hearing. sight. sight. Realize that spirit, anything in the natural you can make a spiritual metaphor out of. God only revealed this realm to us so that we can understand how the kingdom of God works. So you have spiritual senses, per se, that needs to be exercised. If you want to grow, here's your basic philosophy for growth. Exercise your senses. What are you talking about? Senses. Let's talk about hearing. Hearing. John chapter sixteen verse thirteen. If you want to start taking notes, I do apologize. I had all these wonderful, beautiful slides. I had all these scriptures on, but we're going to do it Smith Wigglesworth style today. John sixteen thirteen says, however, when he, the Spirit of Truth, has come, he will talk about the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So guess what? The Holy Spirit is hearing straight from the throne room. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell if you are a believer? In you. That means you have the capacity to hear straight from the throne room. Revelation chapter 2 verse 29 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You need to start exercising your spiritual Hearing, well, I don't know if God talks to me. God talks to you every single day, every single second, every single minute. God doesn't shut up, trust me. Has he ever woke you up in the middle of the night when you wanted to sleep and say, get up and pray? God constantly is speaking. He may not be speaking in the way you want him to speak to you at this moment, but he is using something To speak, you just simply need to still yourself long enough to begin to hear what the Spirit is saying. Exercise your hearing. Let's talk about taste. Did you know you have spiritual you have spiritual taste buds? Psalm thirty-four and eight says, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts Him." Have you ever tasted the Lord? Partaken of the Lord. Now all of these, bear in mind our scripture in Hebrew says that their senses were exercised to discern, the word discern means to understand, to understand good and evil, to understand what's right and wrong. That's really what this is about, growing up. It's not a matter of memorizing a list of rules. Some of us came up in a church where you had a list of rules. Now that you're a Christian, you don't do this, you don't do that, can't do this, can't do this, you must do this, you're going to have to do that. Christianity is not supposed uh, the relationship with God is not supposed to be that. The Bible says for every man to seek out his own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, you've got to find out, according to the word of God, where you can walk and where you can't walk for yourself. And some of your freedoms may not be my freedom. And some of my freedoms may not be your freedom because we're all wired differently, But in order to be able to discern what's right or wrong or understand what's right or wrong, we've got to learn to use these spiritual senses. I've got to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. I've got to be able to taste, or in other words, discern, figure out what's good, what's what's right, what's wrong. Psalm 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's one reason why you need to get the Word of God in you every single day. Why? Because it tastes good to your spirit. It's sweet. It's savory. You can also taste some bad things. Job chapter 6, verse 30 says, Is there injustice on my tongue? Cannot my taste discern unsavory? You ever, you ever use this expression? You, you, something happened or somebody did something or someone said something and it just put a bad taste in your mouth? You ever heard that? I don't want to do that. Why? It put a bad taste in my mouth. Would you have anything in your mouth? You're talking about something you felt in your spirit, a check that came up. Smell. Let's talk about smell. Do you realize you guys have some spiritual smells? Woo, some of y'all need some spiritual deodorant. No, it's easy. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. They compared the sacrifice sacrificial love of Christ to a sweet smelling aroma so that when you walk in the same sacrificial love, no greater love has any man shown, but to lay down his life for a friend. When you can set aside your life long enough for a friend, And sacrifice something about yourself to bless somebody else, it becomes a sweet aroma to the Lord. You put off an incredible spiritual fragrance to God. Revelations 5 8, now when he had taken the scroll, this is this heavenly vision that John had. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense which are the prayers of the saints. So in this heavenly vision, not only was there an instrument of praise and worship, which was a harp, but there was a bowl full of incense. And the Bible said that the incense was the prayers of the saints. Do you realize that your prayers have an aroma in the spirit? Say, well, I don't like what's going on in my house right now. That's why you need to pray Because there's some foul stench taking place in some of your homes. And if you'll begin to pray, it changes the very aroma, the very essence, the very spirit of your environment. So your prayers carry a scent in the spirit. You need to exercise that scent. Philippians chapter 4, 18. Indeed, I have all... Indeed, I have all and abound. Paul's basically telling everyone, hey, look, I've been taken care of. I have everything I need, and I'm abounding. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus, all these Greek words, right? Epaphroditus, that I've received all the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, what that's saying Paul's basically saying, hey, you guys have given me what I needed. You, you met my need. And guess what? It was a sweet-smelling aroma before God. Do you realize that when you give into the kingdom, it smells good to the Lord? When you're faithful with giving, when you give your tithe, it smells good to God. When you give to Mission Arlington or when you give to a neighbor in need or when you give, whoever, whoever decided to buy the, the extra book, because the Lord laid it on your heart for the ladies' Bible study. Guess what? That smelled good to God. You put off an incredible fragrance. Look, the churches are full of some stinky Christians. We don't, know, we don't need any more stinky Christians around here, right? So, man, let's exercise this incredible, this incredible ability of smell. The, the essence of our praise. The aroma of our prayer. The fragrance of our giving and our love. Let's put that into effect. Why? Because it helps you to grow. Everyone who can eat meat can grow, Paul says, that they've grown to maturity by having their senses exercised to be able to tell what's right and wrong. Sight. Let's talk about sight. We're going to wrap up really quick. Sight. Everyone blink for me. Am I in focus better? Let me tell you something, I don't know what's going on with me, I tried to read a poem out of a book to my pastoral staff just the other day, and I didn't have my glasses on, I read like a first grader, what's going on, I need something going on with my sight, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight, faith becomes your spiritual sight, Hebrews chapter 11 and 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, have you ever seen something in the spirit? You can't see it, you don't see it physically, but you can still see it. You're believing for something, you're trusting God for something, and you can see it, and it's so real. And I I can tell you, man, I I can see it. I can see it. The Lord showed it to me. I can describe it to you. I can tell you exactly how he's going to move. I can tell you what the miracle is going to be. And you say, well, show it to me. I can't. I can see it, but I I, I don't see it, but I see it. What is it? That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everyone say hope. Hope Hope is a feeling, isn't it? We're going to get to that. Because we're going to be talking about here in a second, touchy-feely touch. That's that's one of our senses. But but I'm talking about vision and touch, vision and feeling together here at the end for a specific purpose. Because there's something powerful when you understand a, a, a missing essence of your prayer life that we don't talk about, that we've gotten away from in churches. Okay? But vision, vision, whatever it is that you're trusting God for, you need to see it. You need to see it. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it, but I can see it. I can see it in my mind's eye. I can see it in my prayer. I can see it when I praise him. Whatever it is you're trusting God for, I want you to see it. Visualize it. Think of the details. Write the details down if you need to. Get specific with it. Right? Right? Why? Because you need to exercise that faith. You need to exercise that spiritual sight. The Lord had me long before I even realized that I was going to be up here preaching to any of you guys. The Lord would have me come walk around the big pile of dirt that used to sit here before there was even a building. And the Lord would tell me, he said, I want you to go pray for where my gathering is going to meet because we're going to have church there. I said, church, you're going to have church in the middle of the dirt. He would have me walk around this big pile of dirt and pray. I could see it in my mind's eye. I could see it. I couldn't see it. All I was seeing was dirt, but I could see it in my spirit. What was that? That was vision. We need to exercise our spiritual vision. What's what's our last sense? Touch or feel. We have the ability to feel things. We have the ability to reach out and see if something is textured, see if something is smooth, see if something is cold or hot. Why? Because we can touch. That's a feeling. Now, what... Several weeks ago, you may remember that we talked about the heart. The Bible says that, or, or the Hebrews believed that your heart was the cradle of all your feelings, all of your desire, all of your intentions, all of your drives that comes from the heart. That's one reason why David said in Psalm chapter 119 and 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why didn't he say, Lord, I've, I've, I've hidden your word in my mind. I've committed your word to memory. I can, I can show you people that can quote a million scriptures, but yet they still live like the devil. Why? Because they may have hidden their word into their mind, which is just our simply our processor. You are not your mind. You are not your thoughts. The real you comes from your desires, your, bir- the, your emotions, your, the, your the cradle of all that, your intentions, your drives, your motives. That comes from your heart. That's why you need to hide the word in that place where all of, your, all of your desires come from. Why? Because you need to make sure your desires line up with the word of God. So that the word in your heart can match the word that you memorized up here. And you can bear witness to it. But, and the reason why you need to hide the word in your heart, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful. Man, your heart can, you ever sit there and said, man, I, I think I've met the one for me. And then 15 years later after being married, you're like, oh, I don't know if that was the one for me. You ever, you ever sit there and thought, this is the car I'm supposed to buy. And then three months into paying that car, you will like, why in the world did I buy that car? Why? I know I need to take this job. And one month into, you're like, Lord, why did I take this job? Why? Because your heart Your heart can deceive you. You need need to hide the word in your heart so that you can feel. Acts chapter 17, 27 says this, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. In other words, you need to reach out and try to grope or feel for the Lord sometimes. You need to be able to sense where he is. He's moving in a different way every time you wake up. Say, well, I wake up, and I'm going to pray this way. Well, he may not want you to pray. He, want, he may want you to praise, and that's where he's going to meet you. So, okay, well, th- today I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to put some music on and just worship him. Well, he may not want you to do that. He may want you to sit in silence with him that day. What is it that the Lord is wanting? Where is he wanting to meet with you today? You're going to have to feel after that. In other words, you have to grope. It's almost like you're in the dark trying to feel, ah, now I found him. Now let's go, Lord. Feeling. Why is feeling so important? We've, man, churches for years and years said, no, don't get emotional. Emotions, you can't trust your emotions. Don't trust your emotions. The heart is deceitful. No, God gave you emotions because they're signposts. If you're sad about something, that's your body and your spirit trying to tell you what you need to deal with. If you're excited about something, that's your body and your spirit Trying to let you know, hey, this is this is something to celebrate. If you're frightened, that's an alarm. So all all emotions are are signposts to make you aware of something. So this is this is the power because emotions play a huge part of faith. You can't exercise your faith or your vision without also exercising your touch or your feeling. Why? The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's an emotion. That's a feeling. If all of a sudden you start feeling hope in a situation, you start feeling life, you start getting excited, you start getting motivated, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You want to take your prayer life and your faith life up to another level? don't be afraid to feel what it feels like to have what you're praying for. Because your body can't tell the difference. Do you realize that athletes, when they're injured, what is it that they do? Professional athletes, you hear them all the time. Well, I'm taking mental reps right now. They can't get out on the field to throw the ball around, so they're taking mental reps. Why do they do that? Because they've had studies where an athlete, say a marathon runner or even a racer, can lay flat, close his eyes, and then his mind go through all the steps of stretching for the race, getting warmed up for the race, and then running the race. And while he's laying down flat, resting, because he's going through everything within his mind, he'll start sweating, his heart rate will go up. And he'll actually get a, a bit of a cardiovascular exercise. Man, some of y'all going to be trying that first thing in the morning. I ain't getting out of bed. I'm up right now at the gym. Your wife's going to wake up. Why are you sweating? I've been working out. But that's something very powerful to exercise. Whatever it is that you're believing for, feel the essence of what it feels like. To already have that answered. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's a feeling. The evidence of things not seen. You're seeing it, but you're... You don't see it physically, but you're seeing it naturally. So I'll stand up. Growth. That's what we want to do. We want to come together. We want to gather, but we want to grow. And in growing, you're going to start exercising some spiritual senses. You're going to start tasting things in the spirit. You're going to start smelling things. You're going to become aware of your spiritual aroma. You're going to start seeing some things that you don't have any physical proof for, but you see it and you believe it and you feel it with everything you have in your spirit. You're going to start feeling the presence of God even in a greater way. That's what's going to happen when we get together, we get into the Word, when we meet for Bible studies, when we meet for youth group, when we, when we get together and pray with folks out at the market, when we drop cookies off and pray for folks. You start seeing growth. i gotta, I got to say this. i gotta, I got to brag on Mike and Julie Cox for a second. Uh, this last Monday, we had our cookie drop and thank uh, April and, and Chris Howell for helping us with that. Uh, we had a cookie drop. We we dropped cookies to roughly about 40, 43, 45 houses somewhere in there. And we had just, a, just enough for for us to go out two by two. And 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 Mike and Julie, who I, I love their their desire to grow and their desire to embrace. And some of this stuff is all new. Mike, Mike grew up in the Catholic Church, and so he's like, man, you bunch of crazy people worship totally different than what I grew up with. But hey, I kind of dig this, right? So so here they are growing and Mike makes a, a comment says at the beginning of it he says hey can can Julie and I split up and kind of go with one of you guys that way we don't have to worry about praying for people because we've really never done anything like that. And and Julie I loved her her fieriness she kind of looked over she said, Well we gotta we gotta start doing it sometime might as well be tonight. <laughs> so uh, that's exactly they went out and man Mike came back with this detailed list of every stop that they hey hey this person's excited about the church this person this and that so they got a chance to actually grow and exercise their faith what were they doing they were exercising their senses they were growing if anything from monday night i got more excited about the growth that i saw in mike and julie cox getting out of their comfort zone to just be obedient to the lord that's what it's about that's growth. That's why we come together so that we can become everything that God has created us to be. Can we just praise him one last time together and celebrate? Let's give him a hand clap of appreciation today. Amen. Father, we love you.